Welcome to The Honest Pour with John Lennart, where we go beyond the bottle to connect you with the people and places that make each wine so unique. One fun aspect of wine is discovery. Whether you're just finding out about an unfamiliar region, grape variety, or producer, unearthing something new is always exciting. 31-year-old Napa Valley native Josh Phelps' Grounded Wine Company has just released its first wine called Steady State. With it, Phelps brings to market a balanced, honest wine with a true sense of place. At about 60 bucks a bottle, Steady State is by no means cheap, but the combination of high-quality fruits sourced from outstanding Napa growing regions and winemaking skills that belie the vintner's youth makes this wine stand up against bottles of three times its price. I sat down with Phelps to talk about his vision of making classically styled, approachable wines priced for people of his generation, and of course, to taste his delicious wine. This episode of The Honest Pour is sponsored in part by Fooditor.com, bringing you the stories of Chicago's chefs, restaurants, and people who make food all over town. Fooditor.com. Hi, welcome to The Honest Pour. I'm John Lennart. Joining me today is Josh Phelps of Ground Wine Company. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, John. So, how'd you get into wine? I mean, I know some people, like, you know, they... they had this affinity to wine, other people are born into it. How'd you get into it? Um, In a sense, I was born into it, I guess. Uh, I I grew up uh, in Napa Valley, in St. Helena, a little town right in the the heart of Napa Valley. And uh, my father is a a winemaker, had been a winemaker for 30 years um, since I was born. Made some impressive wine. Made made a lot of wines. Um, So he, I'll kind of start with him, and that leads into me. I... uh, he went to Davis. My parents met at Davis. Um, both grew up in California and um, wound up going to grad school in uh, Bordeaux after he decided he wanted to go that route and um, got a master's degree in Bordeaux, University of Bordeaux, and wound up at Petrus. Um, <laughs> not, not a bad place to for Christian Moex, um, which you know, eventually led to him and my mom moving to Napa. Um, as my dad became the founding winemaker of Dominus Christian's right. property uh, in Napa made Dominus from 83 to 95 um, and made Camus for a number of years after that, all the red wines at Camus um, and then went off to be a consulting winemaker and uh, my parents have a small brand called Ad Vivum. It's a single vineyard, uh, Yonville Cabernet. And then my dad's a consultant at Inglenook, among, among other um, Napa properties now. I got your so, dad. How'd you get into it? So kind of, that's that's really how I got started. I mean, I kind of got trained through there. And so I, um, you know, grew up in the business and kind of innately, I kind of had a, I didn't even realize it, but had, had an interest in the business and, and learned to love wine and um, went to college for to study business. And partway through college really took an interest in winemaking and really already knew a lot about it and had been trained under my dad and so uh, as I was finishing college I started my first company um, my first wine company that is and uh, had a successful six-year run with um, my my past series of brands um, that I sold my interest in uh, January of that company. Did you study winemaking ever? I didn't. No, I studied business. And I I, had that background with my dad, you know, based on that history I just explained. And then when I graduated, I actually um, did a couple things. I, I worked with my dad. Um, on his new project, Every Harvest. And, and then I actually worked for Joel Gott, who's a longtime mm-hmm. mentor um, and friend. Um, really kind of learned about the larger scale side of the wine business, which is really interesting. And um, so that was that was pretty cool. And then I spent some, a little bit of time in sales as well for a small broker in California, kind of just getting a grasp on the sales side, um, which I think is super important. Making wine is one thing, but 
if you can't sell it, it's yeah, not need- viable. So kind of all that experience. And then in, simultaneously, I was launching my last company and making all those wines and heading winemaking. And so really just a lot of learning by experience um, and kind of learning what my style was. And, and so transitioning into to grounded, it's I'm really able to, you know, this is my, this is my thing. And I'm really guiding the ship and, and making wines that, that I like to make. So what is your style? Uh, stylistically, uh, you know, I kind of go back to my dad um, and the way he taught me to make wine. And he's always, you know, from his training in Bordeaux, always made wines in a super pure, classic classical excuse me um, balanced uh, you know finesse not over the top and so I've really translated that into my winemaking and my dad's always made much higher end wines and I uh, my mission with the wines I produce this being the most high end at 60 bucks or so retail but everything else that I will be doing under this umbrella is is much lower and you know I, I want to make wines for my generation but I want I want to I want to make approachable accessible wines but also the classic styled wines that aren't over the top that aren't over extracted that aren't you know manipulated by too much oak or so I think that you'll find this as, a, as an Napa Cabernet blend to be soft and approachable has a nice elegance a nice balance to it um, and it's not overpowered by any one component and it's drinking really well out of the bottle now and I think that's that's what our with my I'm, I'm 31 I think my generation um, as we grow into you know wine buyers we want that transparency that we're buying an honest pure product and that's tough to do when you buy a wine because really all you're looking at if you don't know anything about it is some letters or pictures on a label and those few words on the back that are going to be some generic, you know, we believe wine starts in the vineyard. Well, everyone believes that. I agree. Yeah, there's a lot of, that's like the classic, you know, phrase that mostly it's bullshit. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but I think that, you know, that's, we, I, I totally agree with you. And we've tried to kind of portray that in our presentation um, that, you know, the marketing's kind of stripped back and this is just a... It, you know, a bottle of wine in its purest form. Yeah, it's really cool. Kind of actually harkens back to something that maybe that's very old, uh, just a handwritten that's, label. That's kind almost. of in steady states kind of represents like a system that's in place that has the ability to move forward. And it's kind of an homage to, um, it is an homage to growing up in Napa and, and old Napa, you know, um, and what Napa was when I was a kid. Um, but with also, a, you know, a nod to, you know, where we are now sure. in time and and you know this isn't some austere uh, inaccessible it's I think it's a um, a really balanced accessible Napa Cabernet blend so you, you're talking about price point and how you want to kind of keep it down Napa fruit's really expensive Na- Napa, how are you doing that? Napa fruit's really expensive I, just on my way here I, I got a call from a grower you know trying to sell me some some grapes it, an outrageous price for in last minute before harvest, um, but you know Napa average is close to seven thousand dollars a ton now, which and outrageous to put it simply translates into about a seventy dollar bottle of wine. So technically, we we're less than av- we're below average um, cost cost wise per bottle, um, which is crazy to think that like sixty dollars could be a, a value wine, but for Napa. I think it is, and I think it is for this quality. Um, I think it really, I mean, I think this, this you could put this up against plenty of $100 wines, uh, 
but that situation, that cost situation, is the reason why I'm going into some other regions too. And you know, I want to make wines that are accessible and well, that, that, that everyone can enjoy. So we're making. I'm launching with. Um, a few different wines and I'll, I'll kind of tell you those and then I'll tell you where we're going. And uh, so the second wine that we're launching with is uh, called Collusion and Collusion is from Red Mountain, Washington. Okay, cool. That's a cool and growing area right my now. My dad's been working on a project up there for um, a couple of years now with one of his friends and so I've kind of got to taste what, what's going on up there. And we're making a, uh, a Cabernet dominated blend, another Bordeaux blend, which is it's great for Cabernet up there and you yeah. can make affordable Cabernet and we're, we're using a lot of Malbec too. Um, so the blend we're doing up there is going to be like under $25 retail, Craziness. which is fantastic because we're going to have like a, 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 you know, a really great Cabernet blend from great sources um, and a great appellation. And um, it's a little cooler climate up there and it's really easy to, easier to achieve a, a really balanced wine. So I'm excited about, you know, where, where that, where we can, where we can go in Washington and, and really bringing some great Bordeaux blends to our customer at a more affordable price. And then I'm um, working on some stuff in Paso Robles. And um, when I started with my last company, I really, I, I made wine in Paso and I love Grenache. So I'm doing a couple, I'm doing a, a Grenache based blend that's going to be in that $20 ish retail price point. And then I'm also going to be doing a Grenache, just a smaller production Grenache. And um, I'm working on a smaller production rosé up in El Paso. There's going to be a couple. Do a rose I'm doing a couple rosé projects. So th those are all kind of like I would consider the more premium brands that I'm going to roll out under Grounded Wine Company. And then you know from twenty dollars all the way up to sixty. Um, and then I intend uh, we're doing a little bit this harvest but as we move forward we're going to be creating some wines from california and washington so broader appellation at about 15 dollars retail wow and so that's that's kind of a in the in the long in the long run that's you know something that i think we can really uh make something that's scalable and that can you know get in the glass of as many people as possible do you own any of your own vineyards or no you're just sourcing all your fruit we don't um similar to what i did with uh, what i've done over the past seven years is um you know really creating relationships with growers and locking term locking in long-term relationships so we can um you know have a have a standing rapport with someone that we can buy fruit from year after year and create a consistent product. And growing up in Napa and being in the wine business and knowing a lot of people in these different appellations is definitely helpful for that. And then where's your winemaking going to happen? We are making uh, the wines in, well, obviously each location that we're, that we're um, getting grapes. So in Napa Valley, um, we, you know, we have a winery that we lease space from okay. and, uh, and produce the Napa wine there. And uh, same, same in same in all three regions. So we have we've kind of have a, a partner facility uh, in each region, and then you know a point person that's working with us in each region to help us, you know, achieve achieve the quality we want. And you know, obviously, I kind of rotate rotate through and, um, and you know try to be there for the picks and, and harvest. And then my dad kind of is a high level consultant. Oh, cool. Uh, works with us in on blending. Not, not a bad consultant. So yeah, it's kind of a nice. Um, it works well. I mean, we've we've kind of found wineries that that we know people and we can work with in each location. So we have a, a facility. That's great. That we nearby, can yeah. kind of have our space. Let's talk about the steady state. Tell, tell me about the wine, the fruit, where it's coming from, what the blend is. Yeah. So um, steady state is um, like I said, all Napa Valley. Really, you know, 
sourcing throughout the valley, capitalizing on contacts. We were able to get some fantastic fruit from uh, Oakville, St. Helena, uh, Rutherford, Howell Mountain, a little bit in Calistoga, a little bit down in Oak Knoll and Napa. Um, so really setting up these contracts so we have a diverse selection of what Napa has to offer. and gives us you know each each vintage different different appellations might kind of ripen differently and and um, have different profiles so it gives us a nice diverse set to play with so this is 73 percent cabernet sauvignon so okay so just under what you could cook. yeah and, and we could i could have made it i made it a red wine because i i really want to have that kind of flexibility each vintage i don't want it to be something where i'm tied Locked to into it, a um, and then it has about 10 percent um Malbec, Merlot, and Petit Bordeaux, and then a little bit of Cab Franc. So I think that it has all five Bordeaux varietals. I love Malbec um, lately and kind of that component, what that what that does to the blend. It has a nice lush, kind of dark berry mm-hmm. um, characteristic. So it's really, you know, we can try it. It's really a um, approachable, um, soft, uh, accessible Cabernet blend, but I think you know it's it's got a lot of integrity and a really classic um, style to it. So it's and you have French oak, I'm assuming. Yes, we use about fifty percent French oak, uh, new French oak, and then fifty percent seasoned. So just like you know every com- every component, I, I think that you know the oak's definitely a component, but I don't want it to be um, overshadowing the fruit. And what's the production going to be on it? This first release is just about fifteen hundred cases, so like next small. to nothing. Yeah, but we, you know, we're we're going to be about twice that with this two thousand sixteen, and we'll grow it. We'll grow it as we can. The other wines will probably grow a little quicker. Where this wine is, you know, reliant on Napa Valley fruit sources, sure. which is, you know, it's a, it's a challenge finding what we want at the price that, yeah. we, that we need. But um, but no, we, we're we're definitely plan to grow it and, and uh, you know I want to share this with as many people as possible and is the idea to sell mostly in restaurants or mailing list or are you going to be in shops all of the above um, with these smaller quantities at the beginning we're entering a half a dozen markets throughout the country and we'll, we'll definitely have our mailing list and um, we'll get it out to you know select restaurants and select retail and you know I mean we we, we want to get it we want to get it in the hands of as many people as possible and, and share the share the wine and um, yeah mm-hmm. for sure at 60 bucks a bottle in a restaurant you're probably looking at you know 120 to 150 or a little better uh, exactly for Napa Cab which you know it's steakhouse wine right that's exactly. what you're going to pay if you want a good bottle of wine in a steakhouse for sure want to taste some wine yes let's do it so how did 2015 go for you um, 2015 was an interesting vintage in Napa. Um, primarily, I mean, as you as you might know, California's had a drought situation um, for the last few years, and and so 13, 14, and 15 were all kind of drought vintages. Um, oh, 15 was a super early harvest, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was small. It was, it was a small harvest. It was it was. Uh, not super early necessarily, but just a smaller crop, um, and in all great vintages. I mean, you get 15. I I find that you know a lot of people's yields were were, were really low, and um, the vines had struggled because of the drought, and so you're you're dealing with like just really. Um, 
small berries, concentrated fruit, mm-hmm. really great fruit. Yeah, small, small, um, so small crop. I, I excited, excited to launch with this vintage for sure. Yeah, overall, just a a, um, a pretty a pretty great vintage. But like I said, small compared to the sixteen um, yields were a bit higher and. And we had an, an ample amount of rain this year, which definitely helped with 17 yeah. yields. But then, uh, fortunately, it's you know then we had some heat, and now we're kind of in that perfect ripe, ripening season. Yeah, but, we hit that big spike. Of 17 is going to be. 15 was like <laughs> it was hotter and it was higher alcohols in the wine. Like for example, 17 we're going to be a lot lower alcohol um, restrained style wines, not underripe. Everything's ripening to its full potential, ripening to its full potential, um, but the the sugars are a little lower. So well, I don't think that's a, lower, that's not a bad thing right. per se. Um, it's just you know every that's the beauty of wine. Every vintage we have variation, sure. and uh, that's what keeps it interesting. All right, let's give it a sniff here. Wow, good bit of earthiness to it for Napa. There is, yeah. I think that there's like a rawness to this wine. Um, like I said, we we really try not to overly manipulate anything and I think there's a nice kind of rawness to um, to this wine which which I enjoy but it still has I get a lot of uh, you know dark black fruits a little bit mm-hmm. of ripe red fruit um, got a good bit of minerality kind in of that. crushed espresso yeah for sure chocolatey uh, but yeah there is a, there is a soil kind of derived component of a, a nice minerality um, for sure mm. Wow, that's beautiful. The fruit sort of screams Napa, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Really lush. The tannins aren't aren't too soft. I was expecting from your earlier description, the tannins are going to be kind of be that velvety right now. They're yeah. still young and aggressive, but I think that's good for aging potential of this wine. I agree. I think it's um, I think that it's got it's, it's a nice balance in that regard. So there, we, mm. you know, I try to I try to kind of keep the tannins as soft as possible but there's still acid and there's still structure and yeah no it's beautifully balanced um, i think the wine has you know it has it, it has it has a life of, of aging for sure oh, um, absolutely i'm not necessarily making these wines stage for a long time but i think i think they could i think it could oh, i can see this wine yeah. in 10 years for sure i think so too just gorgeous thank you yeah and, and something yeah, you can be drinking now or be very happy to lay down for a few years for sure and will this be available through the through the uh, through the Grounded Wine Company website? It will, yeah. So groundedwineco.com, and it's going to be. I mean, it'll be. I, I, it's probably going to be a pretty quick in and out for this first yeah, vintage because we've allocated to a half a dozen states within the country, and um, you know yeah, we've, we've got, like we've got some cases. restaurant partnerships and stuff like that, and we've got a little bit that we'll sell through the website, and that'll be that. But. Um, but there's more to come and you know these other wines and we're going to build out something special so mm-hmm. i'm definitely definitely excited about that yeah super balanced you know i mean napa tend tended to maybe get a little out of balance yeah i points. think i think that it, wine in general now is gone in extremes and you've got um true you've got not just napa but central coast and other parts of the world that you've gone with this really uber modern style often sweet i mean this is a this is dry right Boom. often sweet and manipulated and a lot of oak um and then you've kind of got the other camp which is like intentionally really low alcohol picking under ripe uh, it can be those wines in both cases um I, th- I think it can, they can, wines can be very out of balance. Yeah. And so my mission with these wines are to make wines of balance, wines of place, you know, just honest, soulful, pure wines. 
And how would you say Napa expresses itself in this class? Um, I mean, to me, it's it's got a very obvious uh, Napa nose and, and palate. I think that Napa. I mean, this screams. Uh, I mean, I think this wine's restrained, but by no by no means is it not. There there is an opulent side to it for sure, for sure and it, yeah. it, that that black fruit and that ripe fruit um, jumps out of the glass and, 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 it has that, and, and it has a little bit of that tannic structure and I think that I mean to me that just it, it, it really has that fruit forwardness of an apple wine but without being overly showy and without being um, you know having a even perceived or actual sweetness to it when you started out with I mean you, you sold your last company when you started out with with your new company, was this sort of the plan to make a wine like this, or to make a, a series of wines? I mean, at the end of the day, when I when we release those affordable wines, that's really I think there's something special about making quality, balanced wines at an affordable price point. That 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 when we talk about millennials and young people and really all people that people can access that people can enjoy yeah I mean $60 a bottle of wine for, is not, not a wine I'm opening on Tuesday yeah. right so so that's kind of like what I really love to do um, but I really wanted to start off with something from Napa and as a homage to homage to growing up in Napa um, and something something cool and something um, you know just kind of a, to, to kind of fill a void of something that I think that Napa lacks sometimes it's just well priced pure balance Good wine, and there, there's a lot. Of, there's other. There's you know other producers that I that are doing that that I really respect. Sure. Any plans to maybe expand to uh, your own winery in Napa, or maybe someday. Yeah. Maybe someday. It's pretty uh, far down the road. Yeah. Right now, uh, that's not a focus by any means. I, I want to grow this as a brand. I want to get great vineyard contracts. I want to scale it, um, and owning land and buildings are not in the. Are not at the business plan at this point. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, someday. I mean, it would be awesome to have a headquarters. But you're you're the one making the wine. It's not like you're contracting a winemaker at a winery. Exactly. Yeah. Wine no, I'm the I'm the you know I, the winemaker for for all the wines, and I do work with you know we have people that are working with us at each place we make wine to make sure that we keep things on track. Can't be everywhere at once. But between my dad and myself, and then our our team, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty hands on, and you know. This is real winemaking. Getting back to your dad, you know, you kind of gave me a, a big picture of what your dad kind of imparted upon you. Yeah. Specifically, what are some of the lessons that your dad imparted upon you that, that you put into this bottle that you really took home? I think that the idea of making soulful, pure wines of place and kind of, you know, being patient and not manipul- not over-manipulating uh, and really striving to achieve balance. And I think that's a that's something that you know a lot of people. It, it's a it's a patience thing. A lot of people kind of just put a blend in bottle. And I think that um, that there's a lot of thought that went into this blend. And, and I plan on doing that with all of our wines. You know, balance can often be a buzzword used in the industry these days. You know, you, you go to tasting rooms up and down Napa Valley, and uh, everyone working at tasting rooms is using that word balanced, and wines often that aren't balanced, but this wine truly is balanced, and I, I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, Josh Phelps, Ground and Wine Company. I look forward to the launch of your wines, be able to get some in my cellar, and thank you, John. Uh, taste uh, some of the things coming out in the future. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. 
for John's tasting notes on the wines from this episode, go to www.thehonestpoorpod.com. Make sure you catch every episode by subscribing to The Honest Pour with John Lennart at iTunes, Stitcher, or the Google Play Store. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook at The Honest Pour with John Lennart and follow us on Twitter at The Honest Pour. This has been The Honest Pour with John Lennart. Music by Kevin McLeod. 